You're about to listen to a message by Pastor Ikena Okeke of the Father's Church. Please join Pastor Ikena Okeke and be blessed. John 1 verse 11 and 12 and 13. He says, He came to his own and his own did not receive him. But as many as received him to them, he gave the right. It takes a right. It takes a power, a confirmment to become a child of God to those who believe in his name. And 13 says, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Praise the Lord. So this is where we saw our theme, born of God. And um, we, we also looked at John 8, where we read our Lord Jesus' statement. From verse 31, it says, Then Jesus said to the Jews who believed in him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. They answered him and said, We are Abraham's descendants and have never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say you will be made free? Jesus answered them, Most assuredly I say to you, Whoever commit sin is a slave of sin. I made a statement here. As the grace people, what do you mean? Whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. That's Jesus speaking. Praise the Lord. Grace gives you the power not to commit sin. The Bible says where sin abounds, what happens? Grace is stronger. Grace abounds much more. So that's what our brother testified that he used to struggle in this area, but now he's not struggling. He actually detested. Why? Because grace has come into effect. Desire has opened the door for grace. You see, one of the things you must learn is that God never compels anything on us. What you don't want to change, God cannot make you change it. But what you want to change, by your power you can't change it, but with grace you'll be able to change it. But the wanting must come from you. The wanting is your own. The desire is your own. And we read on. So it says, therefore, if the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. And we went down to 41. He said to them, you do the deeds of your Father. And remember, we noted something here that how would you feel if for every act you did today, somebody said, you just behave like your Father. Will you feel proud or will you feel insulted? You know, like the couple that someone said, you deserve each other. And it was a big insult. How many married people are here? You deserve your husband. You deserve your wife. Some, some are saying, Pastor, don't insult me today. <laughs> you know, isn't it an innocent statement? You know, it's like the one that people use, you know, at wedding receptions. Saying, now, everything you wish the celebrants, we wish you double. And some people will be feeling they've insulted them. You know? Anyway, so it said the deeds of your father you do. If something doesn't touch you, that should touch you. What it means is this what my behavior is betraying something. Okay? And we are talking of born of God. So God is our father. What it means is see there are incentives to break away from some habits and from some things. This is it. You behave in a way, you ask yourself, who is my father? You know, who is a liar? Who is that thief? Who is that cheat? And then you say, no, that's not God. Praise the Lord. It's revelation. Okay? So Jesus made it clear here. 
He said, the deeds of your father, that's what you do. And then they answered him, we're not born of fornication. We have one father, God. Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would what? You would love me. For I proceeded forth and came from God. Now have I come of myself, but he sent me. He said, why do you not understand my speech? Because you're not able to listen to my word. We also looked at this on Sunday. He said, you're not able. Not that you're not hearing. It means you're not in the position. You don't have the nature. And this is one area you must understand for those of us that are active on social media. You don't get into argument with people on social media concerning spiritual things. They're not spiritual. Praise the Lord. Their views are just simply not spiritual. Okay? From the angle they're coming, that's the best they can process. If you must talk to them, I, that's why I don't do a lot of that. If it's one-on-one, -on -one, you can first determine the level of the person you're talking to. Then you know whether to talk, speak to him in physics or to speak to him in, uh, you know, integrated science. You know there's physics, there's integrated, all of them are science. Uh-huh. So you know which level, but you meet someone who is purely carnal, and then you're arguing with him about type. The person is a thief, he's an adulterer, he's a drunkard. Then you want to convince him that you should pay tithe. You're wasting your time. In fact, he doesn't need to hear the word tithe, because tithe is a payment based on a relationship. So the first thing is, do you have that relationship? If he doesn't have that relationship, no deal. Whatever he says about tithe, just allow him. Praise the Lord. The person says, you know, in Nigeria, there are so many churches, so many churches. And in China, there are no churches. And China is more developed. On what basis are you arguing with him? Does he know what church is about? Praise the Lord. He's comparing church to industry. You see, that's the problem. The church is not an industry that produces manufactured equipment. The church is an industry that produces godlikeness. The purpose are different, but he thinks that every organization should build roads. Now, the churches may build hospitals, but that's not what they were called for. Jesus didn't build hospitals. He was the hospital. If you touch him, when hospitals fail, you touch him, you get healed. Praise the Lord. So, spiritual person will not be talking about church and their hospitals. He'll be talking about the power of God in his church. Praise the Lord. So, it's important we understand. He say you're not able. Some people are just not able. So, you don't argue with them. You keep quiet. You know, Proverbs tells us that in some cases, you answer a fool, you also become like a fool. Then in some cases, you have to answer a fool so that the fool will not think he's right. So, you have to be discerning to know which one, whether it's the one you don't answer. Or the one you answer. May the Lord continue to help us. Amen? Amen. And for the first says, you of your father the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources, for he is a liar and the father of it. I think we stopped at the place of desire. You see, this is so important. And so, someone said, one of the ways you can judge your level, you know, in spiritual things is check what do you really want? You know, what are your desires? What are you desiring? What is your wish? If all things were possible to you, what would you want? You, you can begin to measure that by your speech. You can begin to measure that by what you celebrate. You can begin to measure that by what frightens you and what excites you and what tickles you. Praise the Lord. You must begin to check all of that. If certain things get you excited, then you must be very careful because it might mean that those things are still highly valued in your eyes. 
and invariably you're desiring it. You may not immediately come out. Our Lord Jesus says the things which are highly valued amongst men. He says that they are detestable before God. When you come to the level where what you value, what you celebrate begins to change, then you know that there's something really happening inside of you. You know, you're somewhere and people are going all about somebody and you're wondering, what's this person? And they say, he has money. And you're looking at them as if they're mad. Because you see, money is no longer the big issue for you. You're looking for character. You're looking for humility. You're looking for selflessness. You're looking for the fear of God. You're looking for compassion. Praise the Lord. That helps you. When a man is not genuinely born again, he has some desires inside of him which can be suppressed for a time. Any moment there is an opportunity for it to manifest, he will manifest it. Maybe finally when he becomes a general overseer. You see, that time now, he can arrange things so that he can form all the forming and then still fulfill those his desires, what? Inside of him. That's where the problem is. That's why we must get it right. Because the nature will follow you everywhere. It will follow you. Anywhere they put you. You know, the only place you won't follow someone to is heaven. But when that nature is there, it will follow the person. It can be suppressed because the environment conducive for its manifestation is not there. That's why you see some people, you think they're humble, you think they're nice. They blow like this, eh? Money enters their hands. Ah, before, when you call them, they'll say hello. When you call them, say, mm-hmm. Yes. They start saying, don't you have my number? I say, okay. Uh, because you see, now, now they don't need you. You are the one that needs them. All of a sudden, every, they've been like that all the while, but their needs and their wahala kept them when they bowed like this. They're not, they're not bowing to you. They're bowing because of the need they have. When that thing changes, you see them manifest. They come out, you know, in full manifestation. But when the nature is right, no matter where you take the man, he's the same thing. You see meekness, he's prosperous, he's a billionaire, you know, he's exposed, he's intelligent, he's, you know, mixing with kings and queens and all of that. But you see the nature inside of him. And that's why we have to get it right, praise the Lord, so that we can be saved. What we're learning is actually safety. It's not about progress. Those who are playing the part might actually, in our eyes, progress more than those who are journeying. But you know what? At the last day, like we learned on Sunday, people don't go to heaven by confession. People go to heaven by nature. Nobody dies and says, angels, I'm dying now. Come and take me to heaven. No. They are the ones that are now check. Praise the Lord. And like we learned, they say, when they see the nature, when they see the Christ likeness, they say another Christ is ready to go home. They'll receive you. But all the acting, the angels say, we don't know you. You say, ah, don't you know the things I did? They say, no, you did it because of your pride. You know, some people are very proud. People will do some things. It's just like this singing that we do now. You tell somebody to lead. There is a way the mic will be shaking. Eh? You'll be so angry with everybody. Ah, how can you ask me to sing and you want to deflate me with bad mic? When the person comes out, he's very angry. Because, you see, he's singing, Lord, I lift your name. But really, it's not Lord, I lift your name. It's he can I lift your name. Look at my talent. Do you understand? If anything goes wrong, he will do that and shout and sweat and fall on the ground. But it's not about Jesus, it's about him. And how you know that? How many of everyone here who has ministered for some time, there'll be days you'll come and there won't be light, isn't it? The sound will go off. They're testing you to know who you're praising. 
Some people, when it comes to that point, they'll just be looking at everybody. Let light come so that I can praise in my style. Before electricity came, God was God, and men were worshiping God. You know, so, so, but when the nature is right, ah, it will flow. We've had a service complete without light in Merit House. How many people remember? You know, you just come and there's no light, and they want to see whether you get angry with someone. Where two or more gathered together, what? I'm in their midst. There are some people who invite them to minister. They say, How many people will be there? You tell them 50 people, you say, No, I don't talk to. God will be there, but you can't be there. God needs two to three people to speak. <laughs> well, you need at least 5,000 people. You're bigger than God. I want to point out a few things very, you know, quickly to still help us answer the question because you can hear some of these things and you're still wondering, am I born again? Am I not? Is, am I, do I have a right foundation? Jesus said to Nicodemus, unless a man be what? Born again, he will not see. Why does a man have to be born again? You know why? Because the man is dead. The man is dead. Very important. The Spirit of God said, remind them. You see, in Adam, all are dead. But unfortunately, these dead are moving. These dead are eating. These dead are building houses. But spiritually, they are dead. They are dead because man is at enmity with God. God and man are not reconciled. We are not in good terms. God is angry with sinners every day. And the wages, the end destination of every man born without, you know, that comes into the world, not born again, is death. So man is dead. Now for you and I to be born again, you must embrace the fact that you were dead. That's why the salvation message is important. And what Pastor Chris is so key because so many people join the church and just advance. They join as celebrities, they join, you know, they come, their friends tell them, ah, what are you doing? Everybody is going to church now, they consider it. They consider it. Okay, I have a G-Wagon too. It makes sense. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm a big guy too, you know, and big guys are there. So they just come, they look at everything, they check some things, if, okay, if not for a few things, but I can manage. So they start managing church and then... And then they start growing like Pastor Chris said. And you see, when someone is intelligent, he'll remember things. He will quote Zechariah, quote Lamentations, quote everything for you. Present arguments intelligibly. Okay? But the problem is that this man had never seen himself as dead. And because he had never seen himself as dead, there has never been a new birth. There has never been a beginning. That's where the problem is. And it's that seeing yourself as dead that makes you embrace the gift of salvation. You see, if there is no quarrel, there is no reconciliation. If there is no separation, there is no bringing together. So many people have advanced in their so-called church, you know, religious life without ever realizing that they're Ephesians 2.1, please. Ephesians 2.1. Let's do a bit of Bible study as quickly as we can. Because this is important to answer. Because some people are wondering and are confused. What is going on? Ephesians 2.1 And you he made alive who were dead in what? Trespasses and sins in which you once walked according to the course of this world. According to the prince of the power of the air. The spirit who now walks in the sons of what? Disobedience. See what he's saying. In those days you walked according to the course of this world. According to the prince of the power of the world. Verse 3. Among whom 
also, we all once, all of us once conducted ourselves, how? In the loss of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and whereby what? Nature, it's in nature, children of wrath, just as the others. But God, somebody say, but God. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. This is where you see, by grace, one, you have been saved. This is where it starts from. Anybody that does not have this experience, that at some point, and many don't have it, and it's dangerous, even for those who grew up in church, you have to be careful. That's why sometimes God has to allow them to experience the moving out so that they can understand the coming in. Are you with me? Very important. Because is that death, is, that, is this once dead, he says, this is how our life was. He says we are walking according to the course of this one. That's what makes a man say, this one I can never, it's not me. Now, it's not me means it used to be me, but no longer what? It's no longer me. Praise the Lord. But now, if you don't have that experience, and they're just telling you you can succeed. You know, you can succeed. Success. You know, you can get better. Self-improvement. All of that. Believe in yourself. You know, you are God. God is you. You are God. You know, all of those things. You are just moving. And you would not understand the critical nature of what is going on it says we once walked according to the course of this world according in obedience to the prince of the power of the air the spirit that now works in the sons of disobedience he said this is how we conducted our lives in the loss of our flesh fulfilling the desires of the flesh when you pass through this stage and come out and know that the way i was going even though i was not a thief even though I was not a murderer, even though I was not 419, I was being controlled by the prince of the power of the air. I was living for myself. It was my desire. All I did was me, and it was enmity towards God. It was a dead weight. If you don't have that encounter, and now cry to Jesus, and say to him, do what? Come and save me. You have not started. Is that decision that makes wherever or whatever height you attain, you can't fall because you know where you're coming from. Things I used to do, I what? I do them no more. Not because they're no longer convenient, but because they're not in line with my new nature. They're not in line. So you must first know death and then from that death, you can cry out for birth. That's the conviction of the Holy Spirit. That's what makes somebody come to church and get up from his chair and walk and say, I want to surrender my life. He recognizes a need. But it depends on the message preached. Because there's some message that can just be preached and, you know, it's everybody that, you know, wants whatever, whatever. So the message comes right, the person responds right. He knows that something has happened. After that day, when he goes back, praise the Lord, the nature is there. He might still find himself in his former environment, probably still taking a glass of beer. But you know what will happen? As he's taking that glass of beer, he's feeling conviction. He never felt conviction before. Why? 
inside of him, something has what? Changed. He's become a new man. Conviction. Light has come in. So all of a sudden, what he didn't see anything wrong in, nobody telling him, inside of him. My first experience, after that point, I went back because I ran away. I didn't tell anybody. Nobody around me knew. But in the office, you know how they'll be talking about born-again Christians? All these people, you know, useless, don't mind them. My mouth eh, will be like this. I'll be quiet. I can't speak. Because I, I'll know that what I'm saying is not true. But then I was not also bold enough because I was not changed. You see, I, I couldn't also respond. So I would just keep quiet. But after that time, I'll be looking at them somehow that these people and I are not the same level again. You see, something had changed inside of me. But I had no manifestation. But there was a witness. Is that witness that will guide you forever? Is that witness? That no matter where you are, even when people are hailing you, oh boy, you're solid, solid. The witness will tell you, but you know you're not. You know you're not. Because the moment you get born again, the spirit of God is given to us as a what? A seal. He comes in and begins to live inside of you. Now for the rest of your life here on earth, it's going to be a struggle. The Bible says the spirit lost against the flesh and the flesh lost against the spirit. And the two are what? Contrary to the other. The level of your manifestation will be determined by how much you yield to the spirit and deny the flesh. And that's where we get to the second part. Praise the Lord. The second part says, our Lord Jesus said, unless, he said to Nicodemus, you must be what? Born again. So we see why he must be. Then he said, unless a man be born again, he cannot, he cannot see. Let's see what sin has to do with it. Very important also. To see means to have vision. Isn't it? The Bible says where there is no vision, what happens? The people cast off restraint. The people perish. Where there is no vision, we get born again so that we can see. Now, at the moment you get born again, something will be clear to you. You will see hell behind you. And you will see heaven ahead of you. Any genuine conversion, you will see hell behind you. And you see what? You will see heaven You've not been to any, but you have seen it. That's why it says, unless you're born, you cannot see the kingdom. Because the kingdom lays everything bare. Before you thought everybody was going the same place. You say, ah, if we die, we die. Now you know that if we die, we don't die. <laughs> Hallelujah. No, if we die, we don't die. Some people go to hell, some people go to hell. So, unless you're born, you can't see. So, that sight immediately shows you, oh, if I died before now, I would have gone to hell. But now I'm saved, heaven is what? Heaven is ahead of me. And automatically, what that does for you is that it puts a meter in you that makes you live conscious of the fact that I don't want to go back there. I want to go forward. That's also what will keep you, no matter where you find yourself. Because you now know, do you know that many people, this reality of heaven and hell, is not real. They are not really thinking it. You see any Christian that is afraid of dying? I'm not saying she want to die. Praise the Lord. I'm not saying that. Okay? I'm not saying that at all. But if you are afraid of dying, I'm concerned. How many of us are afraid of going to Dubai? If I just came here and said the Lord is, is just moving me, you know, to take the Father's Church, everyone here for coming for midweek service here, to Dubai. How many will say it's not my portion? How many will say, let me go and bring my husband and children? Let them come together. Now, you know why? You've seen Dubai. You know what? They, ah, the place is beautiful. 
Going to Dubai, won't it upset some of your plans? It will upset some of your plans. Praise the Lord. You might miss one or two things. You might miss work. Okay, you might miss the wedding you were to attend. But Dubai is beautiful. So the thought of Dubai overrides every other consideration. If the Christian is not excited, you can't threaten a born again Christian with die when he's going to heaven. But these are things you see. Where there is no vision, the people cast off restraint. They were stoning Stephen, isn't it? Stoning him to death. And the Bible says he lifted up his eyes. What did he see? He saw the heavens open. Saw Jesus Christ standing at the right hand of God. Did he say, heal me, Lord? Did he say, Lord, let these stones become soft on my body so I can go and eat dinner? He just said, Father, please, do not charge this thing against them. I'm coming home. His vision, say, Lord, open my eyes. Let me see where. Open my eyes. He said, when you're born again, you will see the kingdom. Praise the Lord. What other thing do we see when we get born again? Very important. We see God. You see, God becomes reality to you. Very important. God is real to the Christian. The Christian doesn't do things because of man. He sees God. When you're born again, you see God. You might not see a vision of somebody shaking. No. But you, you, the reality of God is there. And why that is very important is this. When the Bible says perfect love casts out fear. When the Bible says we've not received a spirit of bondage again to fear. But of power. It's the vision of God. You know God is real. No matter what the enemy brings your way. You just know that you're not on your own. Praise the Lord. You're not abandoned. You're not forced. You see God is real to you. Now, what that does, that's another, I mean, we can do that for many days. It changes everything. When Jide comes to me now, you know, I'm his boss, you know, I can treat him anyhow. But as I'm looking at Jide, I'm also seeing God. So it's in my power to do him evil or good. Praise the Lord. But I can see the one that is also in his power to make Jide to become my boss today. So it changes everything. So when you see people not changing, they can't see. I've used the illustration here. You go to a big uncle's house, very rich, that is a benefactor to you. He's always dashing him on. The child poops on your leg. What will you be doing? He just is smiling. <laughs> you don't like poo But that uncle, you need his favor. You can't spank the child. You'll just be laughing. They'll think you like poo You don't like poo <laughs> the child wheezes on you. You're just laughing. Ah, baby has weed. Is there tissue? Is there this? If it's baby or poor man. <laughs> the difference is who you're seeing. It's not what is happening to you. Unless a man be born, he can't see. So you see the way people behave. They're just not seeing. They don't see what is, this thing is about. They see church, they see church, they see men, see God. The Bible talks about God. It says all things are open and naked before him. It says darkness and light are the same before him. He's omnipotent, he's omnipresent, he's omniscient. You see God. You see the eternal God. So born again makes you see. That's what Jesus said. The next thing, that's God the Father. Then you see Jesus. This one is very important. Nothing pushes the Christian, you know, forward and helps the believer like this. When you see Jesus, 
You know, he was clothed in flesh. He walked where we walked. He went to the cross for us. You see the stripes that he put on him. And you know that he took it, not because he liked it, but because you needed him to take it for your healing, for your peace. He did that for me. That's why the Apostle Paul would say the love of Christ constrains. When you're born again, you see these things. So when you hear the name, thank God we are not called to fight for our God. Okay? But, but if not, when somebody insults Jesus, you can bite off his arm. But that's not what we are called to do. But you see, the appreciation of what he has done, it moves you. It goes beyond singing. You will sing songs for him. Your heart will melt at the thought of him. In fact, this thing that some, some people say, if not for Jesus, I would have dealt with you. You won't even say it. I mean, that's the level, okay? Because someone who still deals with you in spite of Jesus is lower. <laughs> you know? But when you see what he has done for you, and this is where maybe forgiveness comes in. When you see how much he has forgiven you, and then someone is in need of your forgiveness, you remember him. He will just pour cold water on your anger. So these are the things we see. We see the prize. We see the cross. We see what he went on. Are you about being discouraged in the path of righteousness? Are you fainting? Is it becoming too heavy for you? Somebody came to church this evening. This is the word for you. If this path is becoming too heavy, maybe you're enduring something for your wife, for your husband, for a child. Jesus is saying, see what I went for you. So you see what he went for me. When you see it, what you are doing you receive strength automatically. So we see, praise the Lord. We see, very important. Then you see the love and the concern he has for you. This one is key. Let's look at an illustration to help us. Luke 22. You know people make so much, people that want to deceive other people, they make so much of the failures of the men recorded in the scriptures. They say, Peter, Peter denied Christ. Uh, Judas, this, uh, no, they don't use Judas because Judas, you know, committed suicide. Peter denied Christ. David committed uh, adultery, committed murder. Moses is this, and they list all of that. Whenever you see those things, jump and pass. So, you know why? If they took your life just for one day, it will fill one book. These people is their lifetime. In one lifetime, since Peter met Jesus, he just denied him on one instance. And then someone will make a point of it so that you continue to deny him forever. You collect bribe today. You chop a gunje the next day. You jump and pass. You do all kinds of terrible things. And then they tell you, Peter, deny. Once, so, oh, once, so, oh. Once. Luke 22. Let, let's see something. Let's, let's see something from Peter's experience. Luke 22, verse 60 to 62. Peter said, 60. Man, I do not know what you're saying. Immediately while he was speaking, the rooster crowed. 61. And the Lord turned and looked at Peter. Then Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he said to him, before the rooster crows, you'll deny me three times. And look at 62. So Peter went out and wept what? Bitterly. Next time somebody says Peter did this, ask yourself, the time I lied, did I go out and weep bitterly? Or did I finish lying and just open mouth and suya and ate it? I don't beat that guy. I just, you know, I just show him. Peter denied it and went out and wept bitterly. 
This is someone who has relationship. When somebody does something, he says, what is there? He's not seen. Peter saw Jesus and immediately his heart broke. And the next time we see him, he's declaring to men and brethren, say, these men are not drunk, but they are filled with the Holy Ghost. He saw Jesus. When you're born again, you see, the journey becomes personal. You know, one of the things I try to communicate on Sundays is when this nature is in you, the word of God is not something you're trying to masterfully dodge and take advantage of. Mm -mm. That's the level some people are at, where they search scriptures to find provision to do some things. Do you understand? No, when you're born again, the word of God is what you throw yourself into. You allow the word to just take you and make everything of you. And somebody that is wondering his prayer life, this is what enriches your prayer life. Anything that is in the world that is not in your life is a prayer point. With that, you can pray for seven hours. This one now, you can pray, Lord, please help me. Every time I displease Jesus, the way Peter felt, let me feel like that. Do you understand? Peter saw Jesus, and this was, when we are born again, we begin to see we begin to see. We can also take this left. The compassion. Jesus said of a woman. He says, ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, be, you know, whom Satan has bound this 18, be set loose. You see, you can begin to pray. Give me his compassion. For those who want to be very rich, this is an area. You come to the kingdom. You see what wicked men and wicked people are using money to do. Are frustrating the kingdom, frustrating the gospel. Because they are holding back money. You know, someone, someone said somewhere, I was somewhere, and, and, um, and we're just talking. And the person said, ah, those people won't go to Pasike Nas Church because, they, because of the truth he preaches. And, you know, we laughed about it, but those of you that are here, let the Lord prosper you so that you can support the truth and so that that prosperity will be used for the advancement of his kingdom. Praise the Lord. It's a simple thing. These are things you go to the Lord in prayer with sincerity, okay? Finally, what we see, because I, I want us to pray a particular prayer. Another thing we see now is this. Ephesians 4.30, we see the gift of the Holy Spirit, you know, our Lord Jesus Christ says, I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper who will be with you, okay? Now, when you're born again, the Holy Spirit is not just a word again. You see him, not now with your physical eyes, praise the Lord. You know that you're walking, you see someone in white following you, no. But you can see, you know that God is with you, praise the Lord. In the form of his spirit. He's with you. Now what that does is this. Remember Jesus. Our Lord Jesus said to the disciples when he was living. He said don't go anywhere. Isn't it? He said tarry until what? You are endured. Now as a born again Christian. Everywhere you go. Tomorrow when you go to work. As you're leaving your house. Praise the Lord. Remind yourself that I am empowered by the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. You have an assignment, whether it's a spiritual assignment or it's an official assignment. You remind yourself, you see the Holy Spirit is for you. One of the things that our Lord Jesus Christ said concerning the Holy Spirit is that the world does not know him. Because they can't see him. They don't know him. But you know what? You're born again, you should know him. Don't operate like the world. 
Anywhere you are, remind yourself, I have an advantage. Let me hear you say, I have an advantage. Yes, that's why we should stand out. When you're born again, you see the things of the kingdom. They become real to you. You're walking into an interview like this. You, you see tension. You, your qualification doesn't even really reach. But you say, I have the Holy Spirit. You say, oh, I have the Holy I have an advantage. Thank you, Holy Spirit. As you go in there, what begins to happen? Faith rises in you. They ask you a question as they're asking. You're saying, Holy Spirit, please. You know, you don't have to say it. Out. But that's what it is. It's with you. It's with you. I want to take the scripture. Ephesians 4.30. It says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Now, let me show you something here now. Let me show you something. Pastor King, please. Come. Okay. I am Pastor King now. Let's take Pastor King. I'm walking. Pastor King is the Holy Spirit. Okay. Now, did I hit you? Okay. No, just stay where you are. Can I hit you? Why? He's not close enough to me. When the Bible says, do not grieve, you don't grieve someone who is far. That word implies that when you get born again, you and the Holy Spirit are like this. It says, what it's simply saying is, be careful what you do because the Holy Spirit is very close to you now. That word is trying to, you know, open our eyes to the proximity of God to us. Are you getting it? It sounds negative. Do not grieve. Nobody's saying the main information there, you have been sealed. You have been sealed. So I'm here now. I was on my own. But because I'm a child of God, Pastor Akin has joined himself. Just hold me. I'm sealed with him. I can't behave anyhow. Whatever I do will touch him. I understand. So I may annoy you, but I can't grieve you because we're not close. I can only grieve. I can step on his toes because his feet are close to my feet. I can hit him, you know, with the movement because he's close to me. If he were not close, that can happen. So the born again Christian says it. So life is not about dodging. I'm, you see, now if I have a weakness, assuming I have a weakness now as a Christian, and I have a weakness in a particular area, what I keep saying is, oh, I can sorry. Sorry. You know, because I know I'm hurting him. But you see, if I'm not sensitive to him, I say, what is there? And with time, what will happen is this. The Holy Spirit has all power. You know what will happen? He'll become stiff. He won't feel the pain again because he now knows that this man does not care about his attention. Are you getting what this thing is about? Now, if I grow now and begin to get that sensitive to him, you know what he begins to do? He now begins to help me because he now says that I don't want to grieve him. No, access is given. So you begin to see a man that is controlled by the spirit not just that you have the spirit but you become what controlled so the man is in a situation and you say something you know maybe daniel i've been asking to get married get married and you're just angry with me say this person just stop disturbing me what's wrong with you and i want to say ah emi 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 kenna emi emi you know i want to just turn and box you one kind i see the holy ghost Say, Daniel, it is well. <laughs> Daniel, the Lord be with you, it's well. Why? Because he is so close and I'm aware. And I'm aware. Now, thank you, Mr. Now, is it the enemy 
that can come and threaten me when I have trained myself. You see, the problem is that we deceive ourselves. Now, when it comes to the devil, you want fire, Holy Ghost fire. The fire did not help you when you were slapping somebody. You didn't remember the fire. Eh? You didn't remember the fire when they said, don't shout. The Holy Spirit doesn't like you shouting. Eh? It's when you see the demon. They say, Holy Ghost! They'll be looking at you like this. You know, they said of Peter, he did not know what he was saying. They will know that you don't know what you're saying because you don't even know. So you make all that noise, you sweat. If the devil has time, he'll also be answering you. And then you do deliverance for 90 hours. Finish, go on break, continue the next day. Come out, come out, come out. <laughs> do you understand this thing? Is, is it complicated? It's simple. Now, let, let me round up, please, brethren. The reason these things are like this is eh, when you get it right, it's not supposed to be a struggle. Can you see how it works? The proximity restrains me, but it also empowers me. So I'm walking like this, and somebody says, ah, I will deal with you. I will go to Jebu for you. I don't even answer him. You know why? The source of all spirits, the one that the Jebu is getting his life from, is with me. I won't even pray about it. I will continue. Because I'm joined with him. Praise the Lord. Brethren, Christianity is of God. It's beautiful. When we get it right, it's beautiful. Growth is sweet. You're advancing. Like we've said here, the challenge we have is that many times, you know, we are playing rugby and we want to score like football, like soccer. So that's the problem. But when we get our thing right, okay, in closing, I just want to show us one scripture, okay? Matthew 6, 33. Our Lord Jesus Christ said, but seek first. Okay, let, let me have um, 31 from 31, please. 31. I'll show you something. It says, therefore, do not worry, saying what we shall eat, what we shall drink, or what we shall wear. Go on, 32. For after all these things, what? The Gentiles seek. God never said you don't need those things. Praise the Lord. What we shall eat, you need to eat. What you shall wear, you need to what? You need to wear. What you shall drink, you need to drink. Where I shall live, you need to live. But it says the Gentiles, because of the direction they are facing, remember direction now, Sairanda, because of the direction, they have to seek those things and gather it for themselves. It says, but you, the direction you're facing, it says, seek me and my kingdom. And I will bring this one. You need it. He will put it to you. The ones you bring, he'll be adding. He says, they seek it. I add it to you. They seek it. I do what? Why? Because your natures are different. Very simple. We all understand domesticated animals and what? Wild animals. Domesticated animals, do they fend for themselves? You go to the supermarket. Buy food for them. When wild animal is sick, you know what he does? He rubs his body on tree or he licks it. When domesticated animal is sick, you take it to vet. The same animal. When you're born again, you become domesticated. <laughs> you're a son, thank you. The father takes care of you. But you see, the nature of sonship is what makes him to be able to handle you. 
if you are still manifesting the nature of the world, it will be difficult. Praise the Lord. So tonight, I want to round up all this thing I'm saying. Do not worry. Praise the Lord. It is the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Listen to me. Every pleasure that is in this world, the devil did not create any. He might abuse it. He might take it to extremes. But God is the source of all goodness. And if you will follow his path, let me tell you, I believe there is no man here that is, you know, fooling around with women. But God can give you in your wife the satisfaction that one million women will not give you because he's the author of satisfaction. I get in it. The reason people are looking for the 1,000 women is that they're not full. When somebody is full, I drink 1.5 liter water in the morning. When I finish drinking it, if I see water, eh? I'm angry. If I just see water like this, I'm angry. You know why? I'm full of water. <laughs> or rather, I'm full with water. When God satisfies you, do you understand? As a man, and a lady is coming to do picky picky, you're looking at her like patient. Where is the sickness? Is it in the leg or in the head? Do you understand? Because God has what? Filled you. The same way. If it's 50,000 you have, when God fills you with it, you're not envying anybody. Praise the Lord. He said godliness. With what? Is what? Benny. A big man is who is satisfied. It's not who has more. Isn't it? Let's rise on our feet. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you. Thank God I'm born again. Thank God I'm born again. Thank God I'm an heir of the kingdom. Thank God my name is in your book. Thank God for the gift of life. Thank God for the gift of his Holy Spirit. Thank you for this relationship. Thank you that my name is written in your book. Thank you that I'm known of God. Thank you that I'm loved of God. Thank you that you're concerned about me. Thank you that you take notice of me. Thank you that I'm not an orphan. Thank you that I'm a son. I'm not a slave. I'm a part of your body. You love me. Let's thank the Lord, people. We have no regrets. We are of a kingdom that is not of this world. We are of a kingdom that is not of this world. We are of a kingdom that is not of this world. Our God is good. He says, no good thing shall he withhold from those who walk uprightly. Tonight, I want you to celebrate the gift of life. The gift of life. Jesus Christ came into this world and gave his life that you may be saved, that I may be saved. We didn't know what we needed, but we needed life. We needed forgiveness. We needed reconciliation. We needed his blood to wash our sins away. Nobody made a request for that. But of his own will, the Bible says, he has begotten us to a new and a living hope. And he has every future, every future that you need, every valuable thing. He has it all worked out because he is your God. He is my God. He is our Father. We have been born of God. We are children of the kingdom. We are ours. Lord, I thank you. Lord, I thank you. 
thank you for this privilege that I should be called. I who were not a person, we who were not a people, that we are now called the sons of God. Behold, brethren, what manner of love that you can walk out from here and know that God is your father, that Jesus Christ is your big brother, that the Holy Spirit is by you. He's called our friend. He's called our coach. He's called our counselor. He's called our advocate. He's called our standby. Oh Lord, I thank you. I thank you for the things of the kingdom. Lord, I thank you. My eyes are lifted. I know you care for me. I know you care for me. Somebody who came in here under some strict conditions. Things are tied for you. I want you to lift up your heart to the Lord. Let him know that you're not afraid. He is your God. He will see to it. He says, I will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you can bear. But I will make a way of escape. Don't worry. It might be straight. It might be tight. But God will show up. He will show up in time to see that you're not put to shame. Lord, we celebrate you. There is no one like you. You are worthy of my love. You are worthy of my worship. I'm so glad that I'm born again. I thank you. 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 Oh, Malakatosakalegerebanda. The Apostle Paul says if we are besides ourselves, when you think about some of the things, it makes you go wild. It makes you act crazy. It may, you, you can't comprehend it. That my sins are forgiven. Brethren, I know the life that I live. But that I can stand now and call myself a child of God. Reconciled. My sins washed away. My name written in the book of life. The angels answering to my command. Lord, I thank you. Lord, I bless you. Malato Sandegerebanda. Oh, Lord, we worship you. Lord, we worship you. Lord, we worship you. Lord, we worship you. You've been listening to a message by Pastor Ikenaokeke of the Father's Church. We are sure you've been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Eden Center, Banex Guarimpa Expressway, near Next Kashinkari, Abuja. For telephone 09-290-9000 or 0703-1588404. You can find us online at www.thefatherschurchonline.com. God bless you.